Welcome to Malpractice Podcast. So, are you ready to get started? I'm so ready to get started. Never been readier. Readier. Is that ready, more ready? Is that a word? Ready Damn it, I don't know. And now I, I feel, feel like, like an idiot. Is. I feel like it's <laughs> Start it all over. <laughs> no. Nope. That's what we get. Nope. It's too late. That's the gold. You know how I was making a really dumb face when you signed <laughs> on to Zoom? What? No, you never make a dumb face ever. I always do. Um, the dumb game it's very risky. <laughs> I always play this with myself. When I'm on a Zoom call and I'm waiting for someone to join the mm-hmm. Zoom call, I don't care who it is, I always make a stupid ass face. <laughs> Am I? You Russian roulette with yourself. <laughs> yeah, that is. Like, I just make the worst face I can make, which is. I try one. to make it, but I look horrible. <laughs> I look scary. I, like I look like my foot. <laughs> I do too. I always make it with my mom and her FaceTiming each other, Aww. and she's like, stop doing that. She's, she's like, your face so is going to get stuck like that. Do you ever do that? No, when you I Russian, don't because do you Russian roulette yourself I know Zoom? what's going to happen no? to me, and Just every me? time I do that, someone will be like, um, I can see you. Like, that's exactly what would happen. No, I mean, I fully understand that. Because, <laughs> like, the whole thing is you play stupid games, you win stupid prizes, and the stupid prize is that someone's going to show up on the Zoom call, and I'm going to be making that dumbass face, and then they're going to be like... But why do you do... Like, <laughs> why? Just, like, what? why? fun and risky. <laughs> okay. Do you know what I mean? Go buy a lottery ticket, you freak. Like, other people skydive. <laughs> I just make stupid-ass faces in the Zoom call like this. <laughs> that is a terrifying it's thing not to do. A good... <laughs> it's not... My team would be like, what the fuck are you doing? Everybody would. If they showed up, they, I, everybody would. I don't know why I do it, but I can't stop. Okay, you should stop doing that. <laughs> I know. I'm going to work on it. I'm working on it in therapy. I am recovering from the COVID vaccine because that bitch yeah. took it me... It got you. It. I literally was deceased. I was out i couldn't even, like open my eyes for 24 hours you've had worse symptoms than anybody i've ever i've heard of in a long time well you know my lymph node is swollen because of it and as you know i panicked and took myself to an urgent doc today you're like i am telling you as a hypochondriac that was on webmd right before i came here according to the internet <laughs> that i'm dying I am dying and i'm scared and she could see. I mean, yeah. honestly, though, you know what I was thinking about? Let's bring it back to our bestie, Dr. Beeson. I literally was mm-hmm. like, this is a good fucking doctor because she... She was like, like what are you thinking? How she are you was feeling? explaining to me. She, like, let me talk. She's like, what, what brought you in today? What's going on? And I was telling her, and she was, like, listening to me and, like, not writing anything down. She was literally just, like, looking at me and listening. And then mm-hmm. she was like, I can, you know, let me check it out. So she's checking it out, and she was like... This is what I'm feeling. This is what this is, <laughs> according to mm-hmm. my being a doctor. <laughs> I was like, sure, mm-hmm, yeah, sure. <laughs> but basically, uh-huh. she was like, if it's there in a month, let's get it checked out. But yeah. it, you just had a COVID vaccine, and your lymph nodes are swollen, and you had a bad reaction. Like that's why your lymph, your lymph nodes are protecting yeah. you right now. So that's the right attitude to take. I think. She sounds like a really good doctor. She was great. I was like, have you gone through a program with Dr. Did Beeson? You, do you know someone named Stephen Beeson? Because oh, by the way, great. I'm Sydney. <laughs> oh, shit, I'm Jess. <laughs> and we, we love Dr. Beeson. We ourselves. <laughs> yeah. And no, we're we Dr. Are. Beeson's number one fans. No, we are. We really are. He's probably, like, if he still listens to this, he's probably like, why did I do this? These girls are stalking me. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I wanted to tell you something that happened today. Tell me. Because yeah. we talk about, um, like, in Austin, you see, like, City Church. Like, all these churches that are called City Church. And we're like, that's weird. Like, what is that? Like, the cool church? Like, the walkable church? Non-denominational. Like, church, yeah. right. So... <laughs> she, we were with Corey, of course, uh, and we got Starbucks. And she, Corey, was like outside, like you know, just chilling with the cars going mm-hmm. by. She, and we, we always call her like a city dog. 
And Mm -hmm. then, like, that connected back, of course, to City Church. And Michelle was like, wouldn't it be a good idea if, like, churches had doggy daycares that you could, like, bring your (laughs) dog to church with you and, like, drop them off? Like, for your kids, you know? Yeah, I can see Um, it. But, like, dogs. And I was like, Mm -hmm. wow. (laughs) TM. (laughs) Like, it was my fucking idea. And she was like, that is... That was not your idea. <laughs> you can't TM that. That was my idea. I tried to TM her idea. I mean, I feel like if you're married, you can kind of co-opt her ideas, right? Is uh, that not how it works? I don't know. Because I'd be co-opting Eric's ideas. I just, I feel like you could take a man's idea. They've taken enough from us, but I feel like. That's what Eric said. He was like, he was like, here's the thing about being a white man right now. It's obviously not as hard as anyone else has it ever. But he's like, white men have never been accountable for shit. And now all of a sudden I'm born and everyone has to be held accountable for stuff. That's what you get. No offense, Eric. (laughs) That's what he said. And I was like, well, fucking welcome to it, man. Someone in my family was talking to me uh, recently and was like, "Um, Mm -hmm. it's just like really hard to be a white man right now. And I was like is it and they thought i was really asking if it was i'm so sorry i would have like looked both ways and been like no one cares i literally said is it like in that voice and they were like yes blah 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 and i was like bitch read the sarcasm speaking of holding white men accountable do you want to talk about Derek chauvin I'm glad one person in the history of persons is held accountable. Yeah. For their actions. I think it can be. It better be a fucking catalyst. This better be setting the precedent for the future and like a helpful stepping stone for the past. I I feel like when I first thought about how to talk about this, I was I was on kind of like pins and needles about how to talk about it. And then I was like, you know what? This man obviously deserved accountability, and and fuck him. Yeah, hundred percent. Um, and you know, Jess and I, I guess we just wanted to say, like, when the protests were happening in Houston, we marched in the protests. We obviously believe Black Lives Matter. If you don't, I don't know why you're you listening to this podcast. You in the wrong you are. fucking place. You you can you honestly are clearly not listening. See yourself out. Adios. Bye. Um, but yeah, it's like it's it's good to see some accountability. It obviously doesn't it represents I think a good step a step in the right direction, but obviously it isn't it isn't the end all be yeah. all. It's not a fixative for for anything, but it's it's good that this one person was yeah. held accountable for his very obviously sustained fucked up decision making. So, what I really hope is that it doesn't like take a foot off the gas for yeah. like other things you know and i i don't think it will because i think it's but it's a, in the past it's like well we got it we got right. you know or it's kind of like well we gave it to you like we did this one thing that everybody wanted and no we want m- much much more like we want yeah institutional change and shout out to that young woman, the young the young black uh, woman who testified and recorded despite and recorded it, you know, despite being told not to and like by the police being threatened. Yeah. yeah, shout out to her. She really like risked a lot too doing that. And I think that's that's just like the thing you have to do. It's um I saw something and it was it was one of the like political TikTokers I follow because yeah. that's where I get my information. And <laughs> they said, um, you know, if you see something and you're concerned, you always film. You keep a distance, mm-hmm. but you always film. Right. And I think that that's what you just have to fucking do. Like, Yeah, because it's not like these things are new, right? They've been happening nope. forever. They're just now forever. on, like, on video. And that's why people are being held yeah. accountable. Oh, also that the young woman's name who recorded that video is named Darnella Frazier. Yeah, Darnella. I just look her, looked her name up, so... Love that. Give her the props where they're due. Yeah, honestly. Because without that video... No one would ever know. I think without that video, nothing would have happened. I really think, like, that video was instrumental in, like, putting 100%. this man away for what he did. Did you hear his lawyer wanted a mistrial and the judge was like... Did you hear that he was talking about aliens? <laughs> the lawyer? His aliens. lawyer was like, listen, is it possible That's that aliens exist? That and need. I was like... What? <laughs> I was like... Are we watching the sir, same trial, know. sir? 
Right. Where are you? He like, was like, is it possible? Grasping for straws. Like, there's a video. So what do you say? Like, how do you be, how do you defend that? I don't. I mean, I'd be like, Your Honor, my client any... is an asshole. We both know that. <laughs> is he a dick? Sure. And that would be my defense. <laughs> is he a murderer? Yes, we see. We I'd be see. like, sorry, you're not going to want to pay me. I'm so sorry. I can't. So I'm just going to go ahead and also see myself out. I'm going to go ahead yes. and find myself for even yeah. agreeing to appear today. It's nice to see accountability. I agree with you that I hope it doesn't slow progress in the right direction. Yeah. And we. it's like our, it's like the people's job. Yeah, 100%. To keep the focus on the right things. I think so. So let's do it. Okay. Are you ready? You want to talk about the story? I don't know. (laughs) I I don't know if you are either. I don't know if I am, to be quite honest. I'm a little bit nervous. So today I have a super weird story for you guys about a top secret CIA project. And it's surrounded by a ton of different myths and legends. But within all the nonsense, there are some truly terrifying nuggets of truth. So everyone grab your tinfoil Ooh. hats because today we are talking about Project MK Ultra. Ooh, you love Are you excited? Yes. You are on a kick. Here you are. I'm on a You're kick. You're on a kick. I'm on a kick, yeah. You're on a kick. It's a kick. <laughs> I'm also on a kick, you know. You know I'm always on a kick. We're always on our own kicks, yeah. We are in parallel kicks. This is a always. good one. I'm excited about You're this. You're going to be like I think a lot of people hear it and they immediately think conspiracy theory, Mm -hmm. which if that was like a PR job by the government, they did great work on that. But that's a whole separate... I think 90% of things are a PR job by the government. (laughs) (laughs) Honestly. Okay. So first I want to set the stage. So all of this, this project happens during the Cold War. So from 1950... A wild time. Yeah. Right. From 1950 to, like, 1960, the whole world is super tense, but specifically the U.S. and the Soviet Union. So while there was never actually any fighting necessarily between the two countries, there were lots of, like, proxy wars and rumors being spread and spying and, like, a general struggle for power. Both countries are, like, building up these nuclear arsenals. They're racing to the moon. They're brawling in the Olympics. They're, like, generally not cool with one another. They got beef. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. And that sometimes included psychological warfare and propaganda smear campaigns against one another. Yeah. Yeah, when I taught this shit in AP US history, mm-hmm. it was like a, a really fun time to like pin pin the class against each other and be like you're Russia and you're the US and yeah. like here's the story, like tell it from your perspective Oh, that's a good idea. The US was like fuck Russia and there's like all this anti-Russia stuff like even in movies and even in, you know, there's like, I mean, that's just... Like the Russians are always the bad guy. <laughs> and the Russians are doing the same thing. Yeah. Ovs, like, mm-hmm. hello. No, for so, sure. yes. And like everyone who grew up in the 50s and 60s was like conditioned not to trust Russian people. Like, it's crazy. A hundred percent. There are videos that they would show in schools. Propaganda videos, yup. <laughs> about uh, Russians. And because I got, and they're like black and white, and they're like, if you see a Soviet, what? <laughs> run away and tell your mom. Like, it's like <laughs> oh really God. weird. That's so scary. It's like produced by Disney. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it was like a cartoon. Like, have you ever seen a communist? Yeah. And the kids are like, I don't know. They're going to kill you. Like, it's really scary. (laughs) I don't like that. So, like, that's the tip of the iceberg. The whole general conflict led to the U.S. actually developing the hydrogen bomb. And in the process of testing these nuclear weapons, both countries are, like, spewing pollution up into the atmosphere. They're spewing it right up into the air. They spew it around. It also led to both parties participating in some sketchy psychological research tactics and this is where i'm not surprised boom 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 we no, are not it's not surprised. shocking at all <laughs> of course the government the government being sketchy right that's crazy groundbreaking <laughs> never heard of her right exactly really groundbreaking <laughs> shit who knew so at the time The CIA and the American government become convinced that the Soviets or communists 
have perfected the art of mind control through drugs and hypnosis. So that's how this whole project gets kicked off. Correct. With the CIA believing that they were competing with enemies who were already capable of mind control. And part of this, I'm sorry, I'm just going to say it, the New York Times released unconfirmed articles that said American POWs had been brainwashed. So basically, they were convinced that the whole world was on some secret, was in on some secret to like brainwashing people. Why did they release those articles? Man, because people dumb as hell. So they were like... People dumb as hell. Now we know. Okay. (laughs) They were like... Solved all the world's problems. Exactly. (laughs) That's all you need to know in general. That's the... People dumb as hell. That's the sub tagline of this podcast. Like if we were... How practice podcast. People dumb as hell. People dumb as hell. (laughs) (laughs) I'm putting that on a t-shirt. That's That's a sweatshirt. People dumb as hell. People dumb as hell. (laughs) No practice pod... A a word to live by. (laughs) So, So... True. It is. So, Project MKUltra was started by the CIA's chief chemist named Sidney Gottlieb. Oh, what a great name. His name was also Sidney. He's a disgrace. But he spelled it wrong. Yeah, and he's an asshole. In 1953. Boo. Well, everyone in 1953 is a bit of an asshole, I think. Bit of an (laughs) asshole, but he's like above and beyond. Okay, love that for him. Yeah, he's got some... Hate him. Got it. He's got some, like, casual um, Nazi connections. We'll get into it. So... Well, you know, they be <laughs> recruiting after World War II. That is exactly right. And that's what happens here. Oh, God Basically, the CIA is like, we're going to develop these interrogation techniques, and we're going to learn how to train our operatives, a.k.a. spies, right. spies. to avoid them spilling secrets under advanced interrogation techniques like torture. Why haven't you already been doing that, though? Like, to me, if I right. am the CIA, before 1953, I'd be already working on that because like hey Hello? don't tell secrets yeah you're a like, spy so that's kind of your whole job that's your Whatever. literal job is not to get caught and if you do get caught don't be telling secrets okay so Gottlieb was a 33 year old chemist with a stutter who meditated he lived in a cabin in the woods with no running water and he woke up every oh morning God. before work to milk his goats so he was like quite a character he was also the jewish son of immigrants and he was especially strange when being like directly compared to the like white bread suits who made up most of the cia recruitment classes at the time can i just pause you that lifestyle sounds like my absolute worst nightmare like (laughs) if that is my worst nightmare no running water in a cabin with goats and have to milk goats Mm-hmm. That's, That's his disgusting. Vibe. That's his general <laughs> that vibe. That is not for me. So now you know that he's basically a serial killer. Anyway. <laughs> I don't trust him. Yeah. That sounds like criminal minds bullshit. Correct. So the idea is that the CIA comes up with this idea that the best soldier in the world in this psychological war would be like a blank slate who would do whatever they're told and then forget everything so that they couldn't be tortured into telling what they were doing. They also wanted to prove that people could be forced to do things that they were morally opposed to. Like, oh, I don't know, murder. 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 Well, we know that's yeah. true. And their goal is to develop some kind of, like, hypnosis or mind reprogramming technique. What the f- that would allow them to condition spies to be triggered by, like, a word or phrase or song or something to kill other spies or foreign, or American political figures, depending on who did what. And the idea was to create, like, a Manchurian candidate. Have you ever seen that movie? No. So the idea is the Manchurian candidate is, like, total blank slate, who is completely and totally controlled by the CIA. God damn it. And, like, triggered by a sound to, like, kill people. That sounds like a movie. Wait, this kind of reminds me of... In Zoolander, when he was, like, trained (laughs) to kill the prime minister. Right? Right? I think that is. Yeah. Yeah. The whole time I was 100%. The whole time I was researching this episode, I couldn't stop thinking of Bugatu. I'm like. (laughs) Because 100%, this is some Derek Zoolander shit. This is so weird. 
Yeah. So instead of using male models, the CIA decided to start their research on people who sometimes didn't know maybe what they were participating in. Oh, God Sometimes they did, but sometimes they didn't. Go figure. For instance, when they couldn't get enough willing volunteers, they would tap into mental hospitals, prison inmates, um, others who didn't really have a choice to participate, which is obviously insanely uncool. Well, we know that they'd be doing this for Correct. everything. They always do this shit. And of course, we do it again. You ain't wrong. God, I'm upset. So when the program gets shut down in 1973, they supposedly burned all of their records and everything. Well. So it's really difficult for us to know the full extent of what really happened. But I believe and everything you're saying. there's a ton of saying. conspiracy theories. I believe them all. <laughs> Don't even know them. Believe them. There's a <laughs> lot of well-documented facts, too. And that's what I'm going to tell you about. Everything that I'm going to talk about today has been confirmed. And came out through official channels like various congressional and senatorial probes. Yikes. um, Freedom of Information Act releases, court cases from surviving victims, and from some pretty famous individuals like Ted Kaczynski, a.k.a. the Unabomber. Uh, He participated in this study. (gasps) What the fuck? Yep. And now there's a whole conspiracy theory where some people think that celebrities like Britney Spears and Kanye West are still under the control of MK Ultra, and they occasionally like glitch out and their faces go completely blank like a puppet. And it's kind of hilarious and also kind of weirdly plausible. I'm just gonna say it. I mean, honestly, Britney Spears, it, that's and Kanye West, that's believable to me. <laughs> I'm like, you know what? Kanye was cool, and then it's like he totally glitched, and now he's ruined. He kind of glitched, yeah. So maybe somebody said his trigger word, like, goat's milk, and he was like, ah! Yeah. And he lost his fucking mind, because maybe Maybe. he was part of MKUltra. So I'm not necessarily saying I believe it, because they also said that Beyonce was a part of it, because her face went, like, completely blank. She's, like, staring out into space at a basketball game. And I'm like, nah, "Nah, I know that look. She's bored, and she's had a couple vodka sodas, and I've had that exact same blank stare at many Super Bowl parties. So are you saying that you're Beyonce? (laughs) Correct, yeah, we're the same. Okay, got it, got it, got it, got it. TM. (laughs) (laughs) Please don't sue us, Beyonce. No, we love you. You're the queen. We love you, and we cannot afford a court case with you. We will cease and desist if you want us to. (laughs) We give up. (laughs) So, MKUltra started out as Project Artichoke and Project Bluebird. Okay, first of all, these names. I can't. Like, who did this? Who is branding these? I don't know. I don't know who they... Who? How do you... The one that I want to be is the one who names different... Yes, I think we would do a great job at that. Project Sweatshirt. Project People Are Dumb. (laughs) Those are already better. What do you got? That's that's two billion dollar ideas right there. TMTM. <laughs> okay, so both of these projects are experimenting with interrogation techniques, giving subjects lots of different drugs in an attempt to create, like, a truth serum for interrogating captured foreign spies. God, what the fuck? This isn't Harry Potter, bitches. Right. And other substances that would make people totally compliant and suggestible. So basically, they're experimenting with mind control and biological weapons, which included releasing viruses that would temporarily incapacitate people like the dengue fever. We only know about this because... And or the COVID vaccine. (laughs) Oh my God. Now you sound like a real tinfoil person. I was really out though, (laughs) y'all. We only know about the dengue fever outbreak because several outbreaks were traced back to the CIA activity in specific areas. What the hell? So we know that they did that, like, for sure. And then they started dosing their participants, quote-unquote, with LSD, marijuana, mescaline, peyote, cocaine, psilocybin, a.k.a. magic mushrooms, as well as Mm. amphetamines of different kinds, like methamphetamine, and barbiturates, God damn. a.k.a. uppers and downers. They would sometimes give them all of these things. A fucking cocktail. <laughs> yes. Cocktail. I literally oh. heard a story where they would put amphetamines or uppers in one arm, and they would put barbiturates, a.k.a. downers, in the other arm, and they would release them simultaneously to, like, see what would happen to the person. Basically, they're just doing crazy experiments. And no one in their right mind is actually saying yes to this, I don't think. Like, nobody that understands the scope. No one vol- No one knows what they're doing. Right. 
Like they tell people, we want you to volunteer for a study on schizophrenia patients or something like that, right? And the people are like, well, I'm not schizophrenic. And they're like, no, we're just testing drugs out to make sure they're safe. And the people are like, okay, sounds good to me. Y'all, if the government ever comes to you and says, hey, we're doing a study, want to do it? The government? Don't do it. Don't do that. Well, the problem is that the CIA would set up fake uh-huh. um, scams, philanthropic organizations, and they would convince the doctors to recruit patients. All right. So trust no one. If anyone comes to trust you no bitch. and asks you to do anything ever, don't do it. <laughs> That's our next sweatshirt idea. Trust no bitch. I thought you were saying the next sweatshirt idea is if anyone comes to you and asks you to do anything ever... <laughs> Don't do it. <laughs> Say no. I mean, that's also true. That's that's our that's next also one. true. John Mulaney has a joke about how canceling plans is like heroin, and I complete. Have you ever canceled a plan that you really didn't want to do? It's like yes. Ah, oh, the relief. A, whatever. The relief. Yes. Relief. Yeah. Yeah. Instant. So. They're doing lots of experiments on these people, right? Yeah. But they're mostly starting them on unsuspecting CIA agents who are being dosed without their knowledge. God and they it. found that people who took LSD left with amnesia and foggy memories of whatever they had experienced while on the drug. And they could be convinced that they had or hadn't done things during the time that they were being dosed. So, okay. So they go to their employee list, their table of contents, mm-hmm. and they're like, Correct. Sam, John, and Susan... You all getting LSD, and then they'd, like, follow them around and, like, watch what happened to them. That is exactly how it went. Like, hey, what's up, Ted? I brought you a coffee. Would you care for sugar, cream? I don't know, LSD. And then Ted would be like, wait, what was the last one? But yes to cream and sugar, and they would just, like, jab him in the arm (laughs) with some LSD. Correct, yeah. I don't know. They're like, cream? I don't know. I didn't say LSD. Who said LSD? And then they would they would also give people like high grade, a hundred percent pure LSD, which is like not what you would take if you bought it from like a drug dealer, right? Because they're the CIA. And then just see what the agents did, like just follow them around. Can you imagine if you had to worry about your coworkers drugging you with LSD and then doing behavioral experiments on you? Can you imagine I have enough issues in my life without <laughs> worrying about that? But my real thing is like, okay, bitch. So the government, wait, the government is putting people in jail. Mm-hmm. for doing drugs and then giving employees of the government drugs to see what the fuck they do. That's correct, yeah. What? It's all right, yeah. <laughs> I am on a drug kick, haven't I been? I did medical you? marijuana. I did all of the drug episodes. Well, really, I was like, this, Opioids. Is a, this is a crime. It is a crime, sure. This is a crime, a medical medicine health related and i know you love that combo i love a crime yeah so that's my cake but yeah drugs exactly also no here's the thing (laughs) coming to work is hard enough already so like no one drug me okay please and thank you right (laughs) i already feel like i don't want to do anything so imagine (laughs) imagine if you gave me ls no I'm I'm quitting. I'm quitting immediately. I feel like you gave me LSD in my coffee. It'd be funny, like, if everyone who got it was just like, I quit. <laughs> that was their yeah, response on I know. LSD. They'd probably be like, no, you're not, bitch. You're in the CIA. Yeah. How do you get out of the CIA? In a box. <laughs> I don't know. Fuck. I don't know. Oh, <laughs> I don't okay. think it's that real. <laughs> oh, I was like, damn. <laughs> I don't think they, like, gang initiate you or anything, but it does sound... First of all, this sounds kind of like a frat boys organization, so we'll talk about that. MKUltra is the code name given to the next set of experiments on human subjects that was conducted by the CIA. And if that sentence isn't creepy enough, there are also Nazi scientists involved. Like, woof. Just woof. Yep. I knew these bitches was coming. (laughs) As a part of another mission called Operation Paperclip, Nazi scientists were recruited out of post-World War II Germany to help out Mm -hmm. with some sketchy American projects like MKUltra. Yep. They called it Operation Paperclip because they would, quote-unquote, completely erase the history of Nazi scientists and, quote-unquote, paperclip a new identity to the photos on their file. I, I, I have heard about this. This I have heard about. Exactly. So basically, these assholes got a total get-out-of-jail-free card for agreeing to do more crazy shit, and some of them even went to NASA. But that's a whole separate yep. conversation. Like, the chief Eric? rocketeer at NASA was a Nazi. Eric, 
Get your people. <laughs> Get your people, Eric. God damn Derek's it. like, I don't have anything to do with that. <laughs> he's listening to this and he's like, why? What's with the drive-by? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Eric. But it is now your fault entirely. Correct. As just like an interesting side note, Sidney Gottlieb himself was actually Jewish. So it's really a little bit extra shitty that he was willing to work so closely with and recruit Nazi scientists who were educating the CIA on things like how long it took to kill people with sarin poison gas. (sighs) Several of the doctors that they had hired had actually been tried in the Nuremberg trials where they established the importance of getting informed consent from anyone you're doing experience experiments on so they obviously did not learn their lesson no one did yeah yeah nobody cares about anyone at all ever people be dumb that's the next sweatshirt (laughs) people be dumb (laughs) correct so with the help of these nazi fucks the cia starts experimenting with sleep and sensory deprivation drugging people with LSD, and tons of physical and psychological trauma using tactics like electroshock therapy. And some patients even uh, testified to being sexually assaulted to create a state of mind control. Now, this this is how LSD was introduced to the American public in the 50s and 60s. But the CIA had no idea that it would just make everyone, like, totally groovy, man. (laughs) And it became a huge part of hippie counterculture only after being brought into the U.S. by Sidney Gottlieb as part of the MK Ultra project after he bargained with the CIA to spend over $240,000 of taxpayer money in the 1950s to buy the entire world's supply of LSD. This goat man is crazy influential. (laughs) That's what I'm learning. He bought enough LSD to dose half of the people in the United States. The the world supply. Who did he buy it? Who had it? (laughs) Fucking Sweden. The world supply. This Swedish scientist was like, beep, beep, boop, I made a cool drug. And he was like, I'll take it all. I'll take all of your LSD. And the guy was like, okay, that'll be $240,000, please. And he was like, here's the taxpayer money. That's great. Okay, is this, this is the confirmed part of the story or this is? This is confirmed, yeah. Love that. There's a whole book about it. There's a whole book about Love this. Love that for the U.S. Because. Love that. Okay. Very embarrassing. Correct. The CIA was forced in, at the end of this. There's a probe. The CIA was forced to release uh, 16,000 of 70,000 total pages that were found later. Mm. And someone like condensed the shit down. But it was like in a Freedom of Information Act probe. Oh, love so that. So this is like official shit. Wow. The U.S. government sucks historically butts sucks butts and the project was officially sanctioned so they started using bogus <laughs> clinical research philanthropic okay. foundations to convince yep. doctors to help them dose people in hospitals clinics prisons and other institutions and then conduct research and record how they reacted now some people also volunteered especially college students what Okay, but they lied to them. No, they told them exactly... Well, I mean, they didn't tell them what they were a big part of. They didn't tell them it was mind control, but they're like, hey, we're going to give you some LSD. And college students in the 60s were like, what's up, man? Yeah. Give me some LSD. I love it. Oh I get paid God. to do drugs. Sweet ass. That's probably what they said. That's crazy. I'm They probably it. used the phrase sweet ass. That's, that's canon. <laughs> wow. Okay. So Ken Kesey, the author of One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, was one example... Because people were like, wait, you'll pay me to take free high-grade drugs? Best job ever. I'm in. So lots of people who became really interested in psychedelic drugs first tried them at the hands of Dr. Gottlieb, including the lead singer of the band, The Grateful Dead. (laughs) Colleges like Stanford and Harvard were asking volunteers to come in and try this new substance that was a psychedelic drug. So lots of students were also being exposed, including... Ted Kaczynski, who would go on later in life to become a Unabomber, because he went to Harvard when he was 16. One of his respected professors recruited him to this clinical trial study with LSD. And then basically they would have them write down their opinions on certain topics. And then they would sit in a circle, all the professors, and shit on him for hours at a time while he was being dosed with LSD. Wait. Like, totally destroyed this kid's confidence. And then... 
he became not physically shit on him oh. like you suck you're the no worst. i didn't you're think so that dumb. that's what was part of the clinical trial okay it's like next I'm just making sure no one thinks that that's what i mean <laughs> correct damn gross um Unfortunately, it wasn't just college students getting a free meal ticket to dabble in LSD. They were experimenting on prisoners, including the famous gangster Whitey Bulger. Although they told him that they were testing drugs that would cure schizophrenia, they commuted his sentence for allowing them to test these drugs on him, so they fed him massive doses of LSD over a pretty extended period of time and then later he wrote that he was completely losing his mind but they told him that they were curing schizophrenia by testing these drugs yeah they lied and they told him they would commute his sentence they're big fat phony liars all of them everyone and he was in jail i mean whitey bulger is a, a psychopath gangster but also like at the time he was only in jail for, like, stealing a car. Like, he wasn't in jail for, like, a violent crime. And they're, like, doing crazy drug trials on him, which probably made him crazier for the rest of his yeah, life. Right, right. You're not helping, okay? No one's being helped here. <laughs> you have this, like, pre-gangster gangster who doesn't suck yet, and then you're, like, doing all this shit to him, and it's like, maybe you're at fault. I don't know. So I love to put blame. The reason for all of this... Was that Dr. Sidney Gottlieb thought that mind control was a two-part process. So he thought that first you had to completely erase a person's existing mind. All their memories, all their thoughts had to be, like, blasted away. And then you could add a new mind with fresh memories and thoughts and goals that you put into their brain. What is wrong with these? He is some Siggy bullshit right here. This is some Siggy weird dumb makes no sense bullshit the thing about it is he never figured out the second part but he got pretty far on learning how to fuck people's minds up in part one basically all of these experiments were completely unethical and they knew it because they knew what they thought it was going to do was wipe people's brains which is crazy especially when you're not telling them i mean it didn't really do that but some of these people were on high doses of lsd for like years at a time god damn it and they did a lot of these on on people that society had already deemed less credible, like criminals, mental patients. And they came out later and said, the CIA has been giving me drugs. And everyone was like, OK, buddy, sure. Whatever you say. The CIA has been giving you drugs. Yes. <gasps> oh, my right. God. Right. That's fucking nuts. This wasn't just happening stateside. They had detention centers all over the world where CIA operatives would allegedly grab people throw them in cells and experiment on them sometimes until they died i believe it and one of the most difficult to believe parts of the story is that Sidney gottlieb and everyone below him operated with almost no supervision whatsoever i believe that too (laughs) i believe all of that right alan dulles the cia director like technically knew what was happening but he surely didn't want to know the nitty-gritty details And at this time, the CIA was operating like an out-of-control frat house, and Gottlieb himself admitted to personally trying LSD during experiments at least 200 times, especially during the development of new experiments. So, let me see this. Yeah. This man, Uh under limited supervision, Mm -hmm. was on drugs, Correct. figuring out how to torture people. Yeah. That's, like, the worst case scenario. Also, (laughs) love that for us. If you're being recruited to do something like this, you have to assume that you're, like, a personality type anyway, right? Mm, Yep. Okay, it gets even weirder. No, God, no. (laughs) Why? How? Oh, you about to find out. I don't want to know. The CIA hired this dude named George Hunter White to run a safe house in New York where they would hire sex workers to lure men in off the streets into, like, this sexy decorated room with, like, red walls and some Barry White Mm -hmm. playing. And then they would secretly dose them with LSD. And CIA operatives would watch what happened to the dudes through a two-way mirror. Oh. Okay. Then they took the show on the road to try the same thing in San Francisco, and they called the project Operation Midnight Climax. Oh, my God. That sounds... First of all, it sounds to me like the name of a... What is that? It's like a series of movies, which is, like, not how you describe that. But it's that (laughs) disgusting English man 
um, with horrible teeth and Austin Powers. Yeah. Oh my god, it totally sounds like an Austin Powers movie. It does. <laughs> it 100% does. Austin Powers Operation Midnight Climax. First of all, you're welcome. You guys can have that. <laughs> it 100% does. So was I'm just so concerned like was like sex work legal at that time? No. Okay, so I do not understand why they can do all this stuff. But they were paying these sex workers crazy amounts of money. Like, some of them got hundreds of thousands of dollars. Right, and that's great. But, like, don't be doing this and doing that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Those The left-out sex workers are being, like, punished. And, like, yeah. these, like, that is so fucked to me. They're being I, rewarded by the government. Yeah, it's crazy. I can't do this. It's crazy. Um, also, this operation that sounds like it was made up by a 14-year-old would... This guy would apparently sit on a portable toilet in front of the two-way mirror while he watched the LSD experiments happening so that he would never miss anything while he was chugging pitchers of martinis. It is entirely plausible that at this point, no one had any idea why they were doing this shit. They were just trying to party. Am I right? Yeah, that's what it sounds like. Like, how is this helping defeat communism or learn about mind control? This dude was just on his own shit and he was like, I love to party. Yeah, that's exactly what the fuck. Maybe he, like, didn't have a great time in college, and he was like, you know what? Guess what? This is my time to thrive. Now I'm getting paid to have a house party. You're welcome, bitches. Well, like, to have a house party, not attend, and creep Mm -hmm. on everyone there. Like, what a freak. (laughs) It's a lot. It's a lot to deal with. Apparently, though, the goal was to get these men to have sex with the sex workers, right? And then the women would try to get them to tell them secrets while they were high on LSD. Like, the goal was to figure out when people would be the most likely to spill their secrets before, during, or after sex. I mean, after, right? Feels like. Yes. (laughs) Yeah, they'd be doing that. That's literally where the term, like, pillow talk comes from. Like, everybody knows that already, I think. But this guy had no relevant, like, psychology background whatsoever. He was just here vibing, using up taxpayer dollars to party balls. (laughs) The CIA agents involved in that, they literally admitted that they were regularly taking the drugs themselves and they were regularly hooking up with the sex workers that were on staff. So go figure. What? Yeah. Now, there was another project under MKUltra called Sub-Project Number 68, and that happened in a mental hospital in Montreal. Not Canada. I thought Canada was good. Correct. I'm... Very sorry to our Canadian listeners, but apparently Canada was down to do some casual torture on inmates and mental patients. Well, at least you're not alone, Canada. We are also <laughs> clearly in fucking on up that too. Shit. <laughs> so some people would go into mental hospitals with what they thought was like anxiety or depression, you know, things that like half of the population struggles with anyway. Yeah, <laughs> literally. The CIA had oh, God. planted doctors Damn in the hospital it. who would tell the patients that they had schizophrenia and needed, like, horribly invasive treatments, like LSD plus electroshock therapy. They obviously didn't tell these people that they're giving them LSD. One woman named Linda, who went to trial later for this and got compensation. Good. She went in for depression. She stayed there in a medically induced coma for 68 days where she was completely stripped of all of her memories. She had to relearn how to read and write. She had to use the, learn how to use the restroom on her own. She testified that she came out of the hospital like a vegetable after being diagnosed with something that many of us struggle with, depression. But they told her that it was a way bigger problem. Wow. And basically... They lied to yes, her. And they fucked and they, with her. And they literally stripped her mind blank. In 1954, there were reports that one prison doctor isolated seven unnamed black male inmates, took them over to Fort Detrick, and gave them quadruple times the normal LSD dose for 77 days straight. What the actual fuck? Correct. And to this day, no one even knows what happened to those seven men. But they likely died. Yeah. Knowing, like, never knowing that they were part of some of the most inhumane experiments ever conducted by the U.S. government. Jesus Christ. That is wild. Crazy, right? Yes. But not so, at this point. I mean, 
Eventually, Dr. Gottlieb was forced to admit that the project had been an abject failure. They never, like, mind control is a myth. They never came up with anything out of all these things. He said the conclusion from all these activities was that it was very difficult to manipulate human behavior in this way. Duh. Yeah, huh? That means you failed. Like, that's it. Yeah, you did. Despite all this, he continued working for the CIA and had a long and relatively successful career especially on developing new poisons and biological weapons like smallpox, tuberculosis, anthrax, all now stored at the top-of-the-line facilities in Fort Detrick. Wow. Just wow. After they started probing these experiments, the government ordered that all biological toxins developed be destroyed, but not before Gottlieb snuck out enough of one of these special poisons to kill 55,000 people in the trunk of his car. What the fuck? He retired in relative anonymity without ever facing criminal charges of any kind, despite being responsible, almost solely responsible, for the destruction of an unknown number of lives and stealing the minds of many, many innocent people. The government let him do this. It's the government's they fault. They totally did. Yeah, but he played a big role. Yeah, but they, they like... He's a Jewish man who personally recruited Nazi scientists. This man is fucked. I'm not saying he's not trash, but I am saying, like... He's trash. I'm saying it would be, like, someone giving a four-year-old a gun and being like, just go crazy. And he was like, all right. Just do what you gotta do. He was like, I got this. You gave me a license to kill. Literally. I'm 007, Literally. baby. That's exactly what he did. I'm like, this man was probably a sociopath, a right? A thousand percent. A thousand percent. Had to be. You First Had of all, you be. can't live without running water and not be a sociopath, and I don't care what anyone says. A hundred percent. Ted Kaczynski, the Unabomber, also lived in a cabin in the woods with no running water. That's And if you milk go- goats every day... How do you shower? Whatever. There's something wrong with I don't want to alienate well, our goat-milking listeners. The farmers... <laughs> If you have goats, that that's fine. If you don't have running water and you have goats, if you have goats, that is bring weird. me some goat no. cheese. No, <laughs> ew, I hate goat cheese. I freaking I love goat cheese. I know you so do. I send don't understand me it. Your goat cheese, please, listeners. <laughs> They're not. This... Uh, you know, if you have a goat, okay, you know that's but, cool. But if but, you, it's the combination of yeah, other things. One or the that other. I'm you got to about pick a lane and stay in it. Yes. So. This author, Stephen Kinzer, who literally wrote the book on MKUltra, says, In the long run, in the cosmic sense, I think that you can say that commitment to a cause gives you the justification for immoral acts. Like, people use it, use it on themselves, right? They justify it to themselves. And patriotism is among the most seductive of those causes because it posits the nation as a value that's so transcendent that anything done in its service is virtuous. Mm. In the 1970s, the Senate committee called the Church Committee was charged with investigating a series of other abuses committed by intelligence agencies like the CIA. Why was it called the Church Committee? Because the senator who ran it was named Church. Uh, yeah. I didn't know if it was some religious thing. <laughs> nah, nah, nah. His name, his last name was just Church. That's weird. So Sidney Gottlieb testified at these hearings, but he was allowed to remain anonymous, largely because the senators at the committee had no idea what he had done, both domestically and abroad. He basically spent the entire hearing in a closed-off room so no one could see who he was, saying that he didn't remember what he had worked on, he didn't remember who his boss was, he didn't remember what evidence had been destroyed. Yeah, because, because he was all on Gottlieb, drugs. <laughs> he wiped his own brain. Correct. But when Gottlieb, along with his boss, Richard Helms, who was the leading the CIA at the end when everything is getting, like, raided, they likely both participated in shredding and burning of most of the remaining evidence yes. of MKUltra in 1972 when Richard Nixon was trying to, like, clean house at the CIA, okay? Yeah, 100% they did that. The only reason that we know anything about this is because nearly 70,000 pages of evidence were accidentally stored in a space for financial records instead of with the rest of the top secret project records. That's good. And that's the only reason we know anything about this, because they were burning everything else. Thank goodness for mistakes. Yep. Some mistakes are beautiful. You know somebody got (laughs) real fired over that, too. Yeah. It's like, damn it, Jeff, I told you to store it all together. (laughs) Maybe it's that guy you offered coffee to. Right. Tim. Ted. Tim. I don't remember. Oh, Ted. Yeah, Ted, I think. But also he's like, 
we ran out of room. I thought it would be fine. I labeled the box. Yeah. MK That's your Ultra fault. in giant letters. <laughs> like, Ted, you fucked up there, buddy. So some of the people who had survived this got settlements, but they were never able to get, many were never able to convince anyone that something had actually happened to them. Gottlieb and his wife spent 18 months running a home for lepers in India, and he passed away peacefully what without ever having to face the consequences of the crazy project that he spent nearly 20 years overseeing. Wait, what the fuck whiplash did you just give me right now? Correct. So after, after the CIA, he was like, I got a new plan. Yep. He was probably giving them drugs, he, too. He opened a home for lepers in India. And part of me is like, so he knew what he did. And he's trying to, like, cosmically, like, make up for it, right? Yeah. He's trying to get some good karma back after he fucked up so many people's lives. And out of the country. He's Correct. like, I gotta go somewhere else. He's like, I gotta do some good, but ugh, not here. <laughs> That's crazy. And that is the wild, true story of Operation MKUltra. I am concerned. I'm glad you like slash hated it. That's the name of our game, isn't it? Per the usual. Yeah, literally. Check us out on our social meets. Like us on Instagram. Email or send in a re- request. Like and subscribe. Like and sub- <laughs> oh, but seriously, on a real note, if you do want to help us grow, the best way you can do it is leave us a review on Apple Podcast or subscribe to our uh, our show on Spotify. That's like the best way that you can help us grow our business. Do it. Help us. Help. Help. Us. Help. Help. Help me. I'm poor. <laughs> and that's it.